Welcome to Mind Hope. We are so glad that you're listening in. My name is Charlie McMahon. I'm with Lori Horseman. And Lori, I want to begin today in this session. We're going to talk about the just the core reality of the human connection and how critical that is to make that investment. Um, give us a little update on what has been happening at Southbrook with the brain boot camp. And so we're in week five, I think. Seven. Seven. Oh my gosh. Yep. And so give an update to the listener because we may have listeners who they've missed that, but they want to be able to tune in. Um, I think we're going to try to start some type of Zoom reality mm-hmm. at some point. I don't yep. know when, but at some point uh, where people can tune in. So give a little update on the boot camp. It's been going amazingly well. Explain what, um, it, what, explain what it is in case okay. someone is listening so and hasn't heard it. The brain boot camp was kind of like an idea of, you know, if I told you there were things you could do to bulletproof your brain, so to speak, from getting dementia, would you be interested? And the outpouring was pretty positive. Um, so the brain boot camp is just a one-hour session that we're doing, and we're doing two classes now, and I think we're going to possibly add a third um, to be able to accommodate more people. But it's had a profound effect. Um, the response we've gotten has been amazing from people saying better mental clarity, better focus, sleeping better, reduction in stress, because you're not just doing brain games. I'm teaching you about components of brain health, mm-hmm. things that you can do, little changes you can do to tweak your diet or to tweak your lifestyle. Because dementia is not just hereditary. It is a lifestyle choice that you're making in the United States. So there's a lot of education that goes into it. Then we do a lot of the brain games training, and they get homework. And from journaling to uh, diet changes to just paying attention. And I think that it has had a profound effect. The outpouring is that this cannot end. We need more of these. Let's keep going. So, yeah, we're going to bring it back. Good, good. It's exciting, you know. As we talk about in Players Box, there's one thing better than the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. It's, <laughs> it's the, the fence, fence at, at the top. top. And, yep. and, that, and you, you're you building the fence. I've mm-hmm. got a one of my best friends is my tennis coach, too. And he had a friend who's uh, diagnosed with dementia at 49. Mm. And it put the fear of God in him, my mm-hmm. friend. It was, mm-hmm. And so it was cool the other day because he's asking me, he says, so what, you know, what, what do you think? I said, well, here's some things that I know that I've been mm-hmm. told. So I was able to pass that on. Mm-hmm. Some of the basics, stop drinking diet drinks. Uh, you know, what you do, he's on his feet all day long. He's, he's, you know, he's a tennis pro. It's good. It's good. Here's why that's good for your mind. But, but you got to stop the alcohol. Yep. You got you to stop, stop that. You got to stop the alcohol, man. You got to balance the brain. You got to, yep. you got to, exactly. Keep those four quadrants working together. And so, uh, that's exciting. I, we I, we want to get to the core. I was talking earlier about so much of when when and I know when I'm counseling parents on their teen struggle reality. Um, I said, you know, I, I'll tell them. I said, now let's now's the time to start drawing on that deposit of trust that you've invested in for twelve, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen years, and then don't let anything. Um, bankrupt that account, you know. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't say something that depreciates that account. Keep investing in that, and protect that. And you were talking about the fact that at the other end of the spectrum of life, what dementia reality exposes is the necessity of that core human connection. Correct. So explain that because we have listeners who are venturing into those deep waters of the unknowns of dementia. 
explain what you mean when you when you talk about how dementia just strips down life to that core human connection. You come right back to where you started, but in reversed roles. So that parent with their child comes into the world. You have to develop a sense of trust in that infant that I've got you. You know, I've got you. Whatever it is you need, I'm going to take care of all of your needs. So you're starting with the foundational relationship principle that you can trust me. I'm going to do what's best for you. It's not my agenda. I'm making sure I'm putting your needs first. So you come 85 years down that road, and now the roles have reversed. Now the child is taking care of the parent, and it's based on the foundation of that relationship. Was that relationship developed in trust? Do you trust that child? Do you trust that that individual taking care of you has your best interest? Or are you just a checklist? Because if you don't feel like you can trust somebody, there's no way you're going to let them take care of you. I mean, in any role, um, we want to make sure that that person has our best interest and we're not just, hey, you're a feed or i got to pass meds at this time or I need to take you to the toilet this time. There's more to it than that in caring mm -hmm. for somebody. So when, and this is, I get this a lot with family caregivers because the family dynamics get a little dicey in those 65 years in between the infant and now the adult kid taking care of their parent. There's a lot that can go in there. And even in my own situation, it got hard for me because there was a whole lot of just abuse and things that were said and things that can't be undone that I had to dig through to mm -hmm. be able to take care of my own father. And this was my father. So... You know, you're told you have to do this, but then my dad remembered some of the stuff he had done to me. And at one point he goes, why would you be so nice to me? I remember you saying that. And yeah, yeah and it's like, that hit hard because I'm like, well, I got to look past that now because you need me. But can you always do that? Can you strip it down to the most basic fundamentals of a human relationship where that when this person needs you, will you come through? And can they trust that you will? Because with dementia, you have to earn that trust every day and every hour of the day because you walk away and you leave the room and you come back and they might not recognize your face. They might not recognize your voice, but can they recognize your energy as being one that they can trust, mm -hmm. as being one that is not trying to steal from them, take from them, hurt them, you know, or is going to put them first. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to your will versus my will. And that was one of the things that I've learned as a daughter doing this. And now in my role of teaching this is that you put your checklist and your agenda away. Put it away. Mm -hmm. And let them feel that you care about them. That I want what's best for you too. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to shove you into a shower because I've got these 16 other things I have to do. So let's hurry up and do this. If it's not the right time for you, I have to put your needs first. Just like that baby dominates and dictates that relationship in the beginning, now this individual at the end of his life is going to dictate and dominate that relationship. Huge, because you, you very well may have someone who's 45 and in the peak of their career when this hits, mm -hmm. their, their parent. Mm -hmm. Is it a full-time job? It's definitely a full-time job. Just like the infant care. Yeah, just like the infant care. And it might take a small army to do it. And what you're saying is the, the odds of a successful handing off to an institution are minimized because there's not that investment of trust. Right. How did you deal with that when, I mean, how do you deal with that when you see it happening when you were leading in Springboro at um, the care center? And I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, and, you know, did, did you see that happening? Did you see it happening where people had essentially been dropped off? I'm saying yes. it crudely. Yeah. But, and then there wasn't 
Right. There are people caring for them that they don't know them from Adam. Correct. And they, which brings in the fear. Mm-hmm. So you Who saw you? it happen. Yes, because sometimes situations are not always the most pleasant ones. And you will see that situation where that family dynamic is not the healthiest. So the adult child will probably bring them in. And sometimes it was a spouse and just we called them drop and go. They just dropped him off with us and said, he's your problem now. I'll pay the bills. Just let me know. And mm. that happened. And in some cases, depending on the situation, it was actually probably healthier for that individual with dementia. Because somebody who didn't know them and who didn't have a past with them could create a new relationship built on trust rather than having a whole bunch of barriers between them in the past. So as the caregiver, one of the things I teach my caregivers in our buildings is that, you know, you've got to earn their trust right from the get-go. So you're walking into a person who cannot communicate with you using words, who cannot necessarily understand the facial cues you're giving them, might not understand your point of view or your tone, might not understand because they can't clearly see you or hear you. Now, earn their trust. How do you do that? And it all comes from your energy. And that's why I say it's always important that you take those five deep breaths before you walk in and you do your own neural cycle. Because if you've got some baggage in there that's going to keep you from doing this, then this isn't for you. They're going to pick up on your tension. They're going to pick up on your resentment of being brought into this context. Mm -hmm. Well, let's walk through, let's walk through a life period. I, I think about, I think we've, I think we've talked before about one of Aesop's fables is the one about the feeding trough mm-hmm. in which the, the multi-generational home, as you use our contemporary term, and the, the grandparents become unable to take care of themselves. And so the parents in that fable make them eat at the feeding trough in the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. And then one day the kids are working, doing woodworking, and the parents ask, what are you doing? And they say we're making a feeding trough for you. Yep. And so this multi, there's this reaping what you sown. They're watching. Is the lesson of that fable. So let's go back because where this connects, you know, Player's Box and Mind Hope are our brother, sister. And where this goes back is one of the things I tell parents is just, you know, you you first have to be the kind of person that your kids want to be around at some point in life. Mm-hmm. At some point, they may not now. They're teenagers. They they, yeah, they don't know, want that right you now. You could be the greatest people <laughs> on the, in, yeah, in no. the history of the world, and they may not want to Unless be around you. Unless you have but money, at some no. Point, they, <laughs> that's exactly it. ATM, Daddy yeah. Warbucks, you know. Uh, you know, and and but at some point, and I and I think certain situations, I see, I'm like. Oh no! You're just totally destroying that bond of trust, and and they're going to move as far away from you as they can, mm-hmm. and um, the implications of that later in huge. life are huge. And so let's go. Let's go to right now. Let's go to. Let's say. Let's say we've gotten through that. We're go- we're through college. I'm 25. My dad is 52. What should dad? and son be doing, dad and daughter be doing. So 2552 is the scenario we're at right now. What what needs to be happening now in that relationship? That's the stage of life where now you can become their friend. Now you're honest with them. And honesty is the biggest thing because, oh my goodness, I get the fact mm. that we're not completely honest with our teenagers about the stuff that we did when we were teenagers because I don't want you to do the same things that I did. 
but now it's time to be Let's truthful. See, yeah. Now it's time to be honest about that stuff. It's time to be honest about your likes, your dislikes, you know, the things that you enjoy, the things that cause you fear, and to let them know that I don't have all the answers. I remember, I remember it was the silliest thing. My mom and I were refinishing floors in their house that they had. And I thought my mom knew all the answers to everything. And one day I realized she didn't know what to do. Really? Hmm. And I just sat there. I was dumbfounded. And my mom looked at me laughing. She was, what do you think I knew? All? I'm like, mom, you've always <laughs> known all the answers. How do you not know it now? <laughs> and it was just the craziest thing. And it dawned on me like, oh, she's a human being. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, as kids, we put our parents up on these pedestals. Don't do that because mm. now they're going to fall. And they're just human beings. So the one thing, and I, I am hoping I'm teaching my kids this, is that I hurt too. There are mm. things that I struggle with too. So be vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Be human. Be fully human. That's, Let them know. Now you're creating that core-to-core connection yes. because into me see. That's what intimacy yep. is. Into me see. All right. Let's, so let's don't move. Be, don't be afraid to show them who you really are because when it gets down to it at the end of life, these are the questions I'm going to ask you when I need to go to take care of your father. Tell me who he uh, really yeah. is. Don't yeah. tell me the persona he put on for you. Tell me who this man really is. So because I have five minutes to go in there and earn his trust as his caregiver, who is he really? Mm. Okay, let's move it up. Now dad is 65. Mm-hmm. And um, so by this, by this measure, the, the child is 38, mm-hmm. and we may be moving into some signs that we don't want to see. Mm-hmm. What what now? How has the relationship shifted? At this point, the relationship shifted to where now this child is busy. They're usually a parent of their mm-hmm. own. They're starting to feel what we call sandwiched. You're sandwiched in between raising your children, and now you might be noticing some things for your dad. And in some cases, your parents might not want the help, and and that's the thing, too as if you have not had an open and honest relationship with your adult children, are you going to let them know that you're struggling or are you going to hide it from them? Mm. Because if you go the route of hiding it from them, you're not doing them any favors. Mm. You're just going to basically let this huge wall come tumbling down on them when the reality of the situation reveals itself. And now this kid cannot do anything to stabilize their footing and get ready to help you. So that's the other part where you want to be honest. Um, But this adult child now is, now they're really sandwiched because they've got their job responsibilities, their marriage. That's the hardest part of your marriage is in that season of your life. And then you've got your kids that you're trying to take care of. And now your dad is struggling with stuff. (sighs) This is where you better have had a solid foundation and you put it in that kid that life's not always going to be easy. And how to juggle these responsibilities. Because I'm thinking and I'm hoping that my own two kids saw me do this. They saw me. There was days they saw me on my knees, you know, crying, praying, a mm. mixture of everything, and stand back up and keep going. They saw me on days lose it and on some days pull it back together. So they know that it's not like a walk in the park. They know that it's going to be a challenge. But they also saw me pull on resources, that I didn't mm. do it by myself. I was pulling on my family. I was pulling on my brothers. I was pulling on outside resources to help me get through all of this. Mm. So I'm hoping that, you know, instead of building a trough for me, that they understand, all right, at some point, we need to be there for her. Then mm-hmm. here's how we balance and juggle this. Mm. you got to teach them those things. And at the same time, make sure that you're keeping that communication very real. Because if that 65, 70-year-old starts to struggle with some stuff, it's not that I want you to come running in and do it for me. I want you to come in and empower me to do what I need to do for myself. 
Don't let me fall backwards oh, and play the good. victim. That's really but good don't do it for me either. Empower me the way I empowered you when you struggled as a teenager trying to get through this. Because yeah. changes are coming for me also. Let's one last scenario then. Okay, now we bump it up. Let's go, you know, we bump it up. Now it's 75 and, and 48. And college, kids are graduating from college. I don't have the, you know, 48, you may not have the energy you used to have. And now dad is in full-blown decline. Mm-hmm. What go back over again the basics for that forty-eight-year-old child? Mm-hmm. What they need to be doing to 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 get themselves ready for the demand? Research. Don't ignore it and think it's not going to happen. That is the biggest thing I get with from families is this, well, it's not really happening. It's not happening. Dad's fine. He's fine. Denial. You cannot do that. Hiding in the shadows and pretending it's not there isn't going to make it go away. So if you know this person, you have that relationship with this person, you already know these things are happening. Mm -hmm. Start researching. Start figuring out what it is. Talk to people because it's probably happening all around you. It's not an embarrassment. It's life. It's not necessarily natural to get dementia, but it is natural to slow down and have some of these things happening. But ignoring it isn't going to help either one of you. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to happen then is when the reality hits you in the face, you're going to be angry at that individual who has the audacity to have dementia. Mm. And that's not going to help either one of you. Because this person is going through it, and if you're teaching him to ignore it, then he already feels like, I can't trust you because Mm. you don't want to see me as I truly am. One last thing is... This is the point at which now the payoff of that soul-to-soul connection mm-hmm. starts to really pay off. Speak into that. As, you know, as we close this session out, speak into that. What does that soul-to-soul connection look like that now reaps enormous, doesn't feel like it, but dividends? It does. Um, in it the does. Relationship? I know that as the adult child and your father or your mother has dementia, you crave that soul-to-soul conversation. And you're not going to get that. Mm. But you will get something else if you look for it. Mm -hmm. Their face will light up when you walk into the Mm -hmm. room, not because they see you, because they feel you. That soul-to-soul connection is an energy between the two of you that you share. And you're always going to share that. And that's the thing that I got with my dad Mm. at the end. Wow. It's, you know, it's really amazing. And I, my, I, my didn't, I feel like I skated through because I didn't, my dad and mom went quickly. Mm-hmm. But boy, are you right? In the hospital room when dad was declining quickly, just, I still remember the questions that, that he answered. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, I just remember that as clearly as anything. Yep. Is, is that soul to soul thing at that moment. It's, it's your energies. It is. It, it is. Yeah. They feel you when you walk into the room. They feel you when you get close to them. And you can actually watch the color in their skin change. You can watch the changing in wow. their breathing pattern when you come near. It's not unlike a newborn baby knowing that that's my mom. Yeah. It goes the other way now on the other scale, on the yeah. other side of that. Whenever I came close to my mom in the end and I'd hold her hand, her eyes, she would smile and there would be a small tear that came out of her eye. She knew I was there mm-hmm. before I even spoke. And my dad, oh, it was wild because I would walk in and, and always go forehead to forehead with him because with dementia, you want to go back to the mother's touch. And when I did that, I heard him whisper, there's my sunshine. Oh, my gosh. Holy moly. 
that's the soul to soul connection yeah, that you want. Is. That's it. I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about that section in First Corinthians three when Paul talks about: Are you building a life of wood, hay, and straw that'll be consumed by the fire, or are you building a life that is gold and silver, and the fire will only purify it? Yep. You know. So has that relationship been surfacey? And wood, hay, and straw, or or this is when it tests out. Has it's, it been gold yeah. and silver? It's going to test to out. Core? It's going to test it out. Life is going to test you out on these relationships. Yeah. Well, Lori, as always, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure there's someone listening to this today that needed to hear it. So okay. thank you. Thank you.